Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with Julie Hoyle. She's a spiritual teacher. She's an author of four books. She's got her own YouTube channel that she interviewed me on, and she lives in the Bahamas. Yeah. So welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to a fantastic chit-chat, interview or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, right? No, uh, it's so funny because when you had me on your podcast, there was all this stuff we had to do. And I was like, you know, um, I'm very low tech. All you have to do is call me or I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fantastic. I know. So Julie, tell me about the experience that happened to you in 1989. You had a radical change in your life. Tell me what happened. Okay, so I'll give you the brief version. So to create context, I was having horrible back pain. If anybody's had back pain, they know what it's like. It's just awful. I had two bulging discs. So I was on bed rest and I got to the point I was two, gosh, I think two or three months in in agony I could barely get out of bed and I got to the point where I actually started to say okay I need to pray you know I'd given up prayer work years before I was raised a Catholic and I was really put off by some of the things I'd experienced and seen in that yeah so anyway so there I was praying and saying okay if there is a god then you have to help me heal this and amazing things started to happen i started to and i also had this kind of actually i had this intuitive sense that my back issues related to having closed down a lot of amazing psychic phenomenon that had been with me since i was a kid but you know by the time i got to the age of 14 i looked up to the sky and said i can't do this anymore it's too much responsibility and closed it down. In 1989, there I was in agony, realizing my back issue related to having closed those gifts down. Mm. I prayed to God. I was really, really looking for a miracle and hoping for a miracle. And quite honestly, soon after that prayer, I started to feel better. My back pain started to subside. And little by little, I was literally back on my feet. And at around the same time, a friend of mine said to me, you know, it might help if you learn how to meditate because meditation helps with stress. Right. Now, I'd always wanted to learn to meditate. So I thought, let me try, you know, let me give it a go. So when, you know, I was really 100%, I started going to this meditation center, which yeah. was literally half a mile down the road. And I could not for the life of me meditate. My mind was like some crazy animal that was jumping all over the place. I just couldn't, I just could not sit still. I couldn't, it was agony, even though it was only 20 minutes. You know, it was a timed meditation, it was 20 minutes, and I just couldn't do it. So I went, I think, two or three times. And then after the third time, I thought to myself, you know, I really respect the people that are here. They're all professional people. They're not kooky or weird, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, right. which which was important. It was important to me, you know what sure. I mean? So anyway, I went home that night and I had a lucid dream. Mm. Now, I've always been a lucid dreamer. And if anybody doesn't know what a lucid dream is, a lucid dream is when you wake up in a dream and you realize this is a dream and I am dreaming. Yes. And you become fully conscious. And then usually, and I've always had this since I was a kid. I mean, for as long as I remember, I've always lucid dreamed. So anyway, I had this dream where I was in a setting that was reminiscent of India. Even though at the time I hadn't been to India, I just realized this is India. 
So I'm walking up a hill and I have a yoga mat for some reason rolled up under my arm and I'm walking up the hill with around 15 or 20 people mm-hmm. and we're heading towards this low cinder block building and it just felt like something profound was going to happen. Everybody was walking in silence and I was just like, you know, following everybody going up the hill and then I entered the hall and at the front of the hall, I was at the back, I entered at the back, at the front of the hall was a low wooden kind of tucket mm-hmm. and there was this Indian yogi sitting on the front, cross-legged, he had a big massive round belly, he was wearing a loincloth, he had his eyes closed and the minute I laid eyes on him, I knew he was the one I'd been looking for my entire life. Oh, wow. Always, yeah, always I was trying to I felt like I was looking for somebody that could teach me the truth, Mm. you know, of of unity or whatever you want to call it, you know, one consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And I knew as soon as I saw him that he was the one. So I was instructed by one of the people that I was walking up the hill with, you know, lay down, roll your mat out, lay down. Mm -hmm. And then she said to me, repeat the mantra to yourself, Om Namah Shivaya. And Om Namah Shivaya, Om is the primordial sound. Namah means I bow to, and Shivaya means supreme consciousness. So I was essentially saying, I bow to supreme consciousness, or I bow to oneness. Mm. So I lay down, started repeating that, and after maybe two repetitions, I felt a tap on the top of my head. And I knew that this yogi sitting at the front of the room without moving a muscle, somehow created this kind of activation at the top of my head. And with that, my entire body was filled with the most incredible energy. I mean, it was just like pulsating. It was almost like I was plugged into some like amazing electric socket that was (laughs) running this super high charge, this voltage through me. And then I started to elevate off the floor. What? um, Yes, (laughs) As I was repeating the mantra, the intensity was getting so, 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 you know, high and I was feeling incredible heat. Then after, I don't know, two or three minutes for as long as I could hold it, I realized I couldn't hold on to it anymore. It was becoming so intense. And then eventually I fell to the ground, fell through time and space is the only way I could put it. And I fell, I, I could feel my subtle body or my dream body entering through the heart chakra you know the space there Uh i went inside with such force my physical body sat up and i realized i hadn't been breathing it felt like i hadn't been breathing the whole time i'd been dreaming and i sat up and let out this huge like (sighs) sound you know and it was so so loud and so strong it woke my husband up my husband said to me what happened what happened he was you know concerned (laughs) And I told him, I don't know, but my life will never be the same again. You know, that was an awakening, I think, right? Yes, it's a huge awakening. So the thing is, is what I realized later was I'd been given what is called Shaktipat Diksha in the yogic tradition. A yogic master, meditation master, initiates or awakens the energy of a seeker. And they can do it several ways. They can do it by giving you a mantra, by tapping you on the top of the head like I was by um, 
you know, directing energy to you. Right. They can do it in meditation. They can do it many, many ways. But I'd never, you know, I was raised a Catholic, you know. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> that wasn't, yeah. that was, I mean, it just wasn't right, part right. of my experience. I'd never read of it. Any, I hadn't heard of it. Nothing happened, nothing like that. So anyway, what happened was, you know, when I woke up, it was three o'clock in the morning. I had so much energy, I can't even tell you. I felt like I was bouncing off the walls. And so I went into the lounge in the kitchen and I started cleaning like a crazy woman, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just to try and get sure. kind of expel the energy. And then a couple hours later, you know, I got ready, went off and went to work. I was working. And my emotions were just going wild, up and down like a helter-skelter. It's just really crazy. I'd, one minute I was crying, the next minute I was laughing like a lunatic. Wow. And I had this kind of inner message to, there was a sale going on at a shoe store that was close by. And two or three people kept saying to me, Julie, you should go to the shoe store at Mike's. You should go to the shoe store at Mike's, you know, the sale at Mike's. Right. I thought, you know, three people have said this. I need to take that seriously. So anyway, I, I hopped into my car. It was lunchtime. I went there. There was nothing there. But I went to a bookstore across the way and I walked in. And the woman who'd been with me in the dream the night before walked into the bookstore. Oh, my God. I know. What? And I know. And I turned around, she was there, and I said, oh, my God, Cheryl, I had this dream of you last night. And I started telling her the details. And she said, look, don't say any more. She said, come to my house later after you finish work, and, you know, I'm going to talk to you. And she said, I just want you to know I never come in this bookstore, but I got a message to come here today. So, wow. so anyway, later that afternoon, I went to her house. I told her the whole story, and she went into her library, and she came back with a book. And she said, I want you to look at this book. And the book was called Play of Consciousness. And it was by Swami Muktananda. And she said, just have a look. So I opened the book and I flicked through and I got to the second or third page. And there was the photograph of the great being, the master yogi that had given me initiation the night before. And his name is Bhagavan Nityananda of Ganeshpuri. And he's very well known throughout India. Mm. He actually you know, died in, I think, 1964 or something like that, soon after I was born. And he's still revered in India as being, you know, being able to initiate seekers in their dreams wow. and manifest and, you know, take for materialize. I mean, he's very well known. So anyway, he was the one that had given me initiation. And I just felt from the minute I saw him, that I had a connection, whether that's a past life connection, I don't know. Who knows, you know, the whole story of that. But there was definitely something profound. Oh. And, and that's continued. So anyway, so that, you know, so I've been given Shakti Diksha, and that wasn't the end of it. I mean, crazy things happened in the house. You know, we'd have fans would start spinning when they weren't even turned it on. We had light bulbs exploding. What? You know, I had, oh yes, I had a... <laughs> <laughs> a brand new microwave that stopped working after you know a few days after buying it after I had a dream where I said to these yogis you know should you know what kind of food should I eat and they said you know you should eat sattvic pure food you know as much as possible and then I just got this feeling that you know I shouldn't be microwaving although I do that now but certainly that then right. um and so it was as if my energy had been ramped up so so high it was affecting the electrical 
um, yeah. you know, outlets and so on. And honestly, if it wasn't for my husband witnessing that, I may have thought I was going a bit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, no, I've heard of people, even when I uh, record with them on my podcast, we will have technical difficulties. And a lot of times it's because there's so much energy between she and I or he and I or whoever I'm interviewing. So I totally get that. And I do think that that's a thing. I mean, I really do. So do you think the awakening was to show you you had certain abilities? What do you think that was about? Yeah, it was it was several things, actually. It was about, you know, bringing those gifts back into play, because like I said, I closed them all down. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd always had like very powerful kind of psychic phenomenon happening mm-hmm. around me. But okay. when this came back, it came back ramped up to the hilt. I mean, it's that's the only way I can put it. And what happened is I started, so there was all of that psychic phenomenon going on and all of that. And, you know, I would see things and hear things about people, even about strangers, people that, you know, I would see in the bank or, you know, the food store or whatever. And also, in addition to that, I continued having lucid dreams with great beings, with, you know, Lord Jesus, with angels, with great beings from the yogic tradition. His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, I would have meetings with these great beings from the Sufi tradition, Native American shamans. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. It still is. But I would say not to the kind of level it was in the very beginning. And I would be given these teachings and initiations. And it it was really incredible. You know, and what often would happen is after I'd met a great being, for example, Mm -hmm. a yogic master whose name is Ananda Maima, Mm -hmm. she came in a dream to give me teachings. And after the dream, I would then go and do the research to find out who this great being was, you know. Because right. it wasn't like I knew them before the dream. Mm. So anyway, so that went on for years. And I think, honestly, that was a prelude to then being asked to start writing my books yes. and doing the work that I've been doing since, which is, you know, counseling people from different faiths and beliefs and traditions. So I know how to connect with people that are from the Sufi path. I know, obviously, how to connect with and use the language, you know, because it's always about language and being able to communicate and kind of be on the same page, you know. So I think that's what all of that was about. And also, you know, teaching that at the heart of every tradition and every faith is the same. It's that oneness and recognition and honoring who you are. Well, since we're on the the subject of religion, do you think it's because you wanted people to understand that, like you just said, we're all one and we shouldn't let religion divide us in certain aspects? Is that kind of where you're coming from? Yes, yes, because it's about moving beyond religiosity Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and connecting in with one's spirit or soul, you know, from that space of authenticity. You know, and I'm certainly not bashing religions. I think they're great. They have their place and all of those things. But at the same time, they can be... It can be a hindrance. Right. I do believe that certain um, high demand religions can be really destructive for someone, um, especially if they're on a spiritual journey and they don't really understand it. And then they are told that it's bad or demonic or whatever. And then you're just like, well, where do I go now? So what do you teach in your books? I mean, do you talk about that kind of stuff? What do you have like courses they can take? Tell me more about that. 
Yeah, I mean, with the first book, and, and let me just preface all of that sure. with the fact that I had never, ever had any desire or inclination to become an author. Oh, <laughs> really? It's not like, it wasn't a dream. But what happened was I had a lucid dream, and in the lucid dream, mm. one of the great beings that had given me teachings and so on came in the dream, and she said to me, when are you writing the book? So I said to her, what am I supposed to write about? And then she looked at me as if to say, come on, don't be so dumb, you know. (laughs) And so anyway, um, you know, the intention that I said, you know, I'm not going to write a word unless because, you know, if it comes to me, it has to be given. You know, I have to hear it from, you know, from the space of the soul or source or whatever you want to call it and to speak from that place. So it's really about that the whole point of the books you know, and I've written five books. I'll be out soon on my sixth. Oh, wow. the whole okay. po- yeah, the whole point is to support whoever it is, you know, what from whatever faith, path or tradition, to honour their own seeing, mm. to honour their own recognition, to listen to your intuition, mm. to be guided from within, mm. you know, and to live true to that. Because at the end of the day, you know, all religions really if it's authentic supports that oh absolutely Um, yes you know or it should support that right so yeah so the first book was really about I was detailing the awakening that happened to me and all the many things that happened as a result of that Mm -hmm. and then the other books that came out of that um, wake up and say yes you know those are tools and practices to lucid dream to be mindful to pay attention to what your body is telling you to listen and look for signs in your own life even if you feel like you're living a crazy life and you've got no time for meditation or anything Mm -hmm. you know there's always ways that you can start paying attention to what is happening and use those as as signposts right right yeah you know i i have to agree with you because i do think um and there's a man i just interviewed actually today and it's uh his podcast episode will come out right before yours. He said, you know, I didn't ever listen to myself and my own needs and the person within me. And sometimes you have to look inside yourself to understand I'm more than just this body. I'm, you know, I'm a spirit. I've, you know, I'm part of God. I'm part of my higher self or whatever. And I have so much more to give. And I don't want to be taught to do certain things when I know within me, I can show the world something way more beautiful, way more loving, way more giving, don't you think? Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, look, the other thing as well is, and that's certainly true in my case, is after a shift of consciousness or a radical awakening, which is what, you know, happened in my case, gifts that you never knew you had start to surface they start Mm. to come to the fore so you know even though for example I'd always done art and I've always painted and so on I suddenly had this incredible energy and capacity to be able to create art that was very different Mm. and then like I said I was prompted to write to start writing my book You know, even what had happened prior to getting that message about writing the book, I'd been on a, I was on a train in the UK traveling from London to Nottingham and I realized I'd got nothing to read. Mm. And, you know, this is 2007. This is before I had a device or anything to be distracted by. But um, I suddenly remembered I'd picked up a little kind of magazine from the Mind, Body, Spirit bookstore in London. 
you know, one of those free ones that sure. they give you. Yeah. And anyway, I took it out and just opened it up and started reading an article by a well-known healer in the US. Her name's Barbara Brennan. You may know her. I, yeah. I've heard the name, but I don't know much about her. So tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I started reading an article by her mm-hmm. and I was literally the first paragraph in. And she was talking about the importance of utilizing your creative energy and Mm. using it purposefully. Mm. And, you know, as I said, it's a paragraph in and then I heard this voice really loud and it said, you can do this. You can write articles that motivate and inspire others. Wow. Yeah. So as soon as I heard the voice, I put the magazine down. I turned to my husband and said to him, do you have a pen? He said, no, I've got a pencil. I said, do you have anything to write on? He said, well, I've got paper napkin. I said, okay, can I have it? So he gave it to me. And I started drafting my first article on the back of a paper napkin. What a cool story, though. You know, you're on this train. It's so romantic. You're with your husband and you're like getting these signs from the other side and you're telling you stuff. And you're like, do you have a pen? No, I got a pencil. You got some paper? No, I got a napkin. It's like a little movie set. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, and it was like the article was dictated and the title was Coming into True Alignment. So we got to Nottingham. I went to the local library, Mm -hmm. joined the library, typed up the article, finished it off and sent it to the editor of the magazine I'd been reading. And I knew when I hit send, I knew he's he's going to accept it and it's going to be published. So literally days later, I get a message from him. He says, yes, I love the article. Will you be a feature writer? (gasps) And that was the start of my writing journey. Wow. And from that point on, I've written, I think I've written for about 18 or 20 Mind, Body, Spirit magazines in the in wow. the USA, Canada and Europe. In fact, just the other day when I was in London, you know, I was in the UK, I was in London and I happened to go into a bookstore and saw this magazine I hadn't seen before. And I thought, oh, let me check that out. And I picked mm-hmm. it up and I said, I have to get this. I brought it back here. And then I wrote to the editor soon after we landed. And he said, yeah, please, I want to use one of your articles. I'm going wow. to show some of your artwork. So that's oh, what wow. I was doing earlier, back and forth with these, you know, images of my some of my artwork. Yeah, yeah. And then the article. So he's going to publish it. And my friend, who's a journalist, she used to be a journalist for the New York Times. She said, Julina, it's not supposed to be that easy. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, though, Julie, I think the thing about even me talking to my parents or whatever, and you and I've talked about that, it's trusting yourself and trusting the things you get. Because listen, I thought I was nuts too. And had I not had my spiritual guidance, you know, my psychic medium friend or, you know, whoever, right? And my husband grounds me the whole thing. But had I not had some of those elements there, I don't know if I'd have done a very good job of doing it or trusted myself. So the fact that you did go and you trusted yourself and you listened to the voices in your head, because yeah, you think you might have some kind of disorder, but you don't because, you, you know, it's a download. I don't even know how to describe it, but I do get when you have people, maybe, maybe spirits or whatever, or something come through, it's like words coming through without it being a conversation. And it's hard to explain that to people but it's almost like a download. Yes, it's a, that's exactly how I put it. It's like a download that goes all the way through my body. And mm. it, it's not just in the space of the body as well. And I really feel it in my heart. But it's also like in the space 
around me. Mm. This all-knowing feeling of rightness that I never doubt. You know, that's one of the things I have realized, that I just have never doubted that voice. I call it that voice, Mm -hmm. you know, wherever Mm -hmm. it's coming from. And um, it's very different to thoughts, you know, that kind of go and you run around in your head or whatever. It's a very different feeling. In my experience, it's very different. It's just something I wouldn't have come up with. And I'm like, well, that didn't come from me. And I didn't make that up, you know, because you can discern between me doing a fear-based thought. and Yeah. So, oh my God. So do you have other abilities? Do you have mediumship abilities? Do you have psychic abilities? What what would you describe yourself as? Yeah. So with respect to the mediumship parts, um, ever since I was a kid, I've had mediumship experiences. You know, I've had loved ones visiting me. I mean, I had a whole thing with my grandfather when he passed away. You know, I left my body and went outside and he was there with these angels and he came to say goodbye. Yeah, and I've had many, many experiences with children that have, you know, died who appear at the foot of the bed. I have a conversation with them. I ask them what their names are and then I'll say to them, you know, how can I help you? Because you have to ask, you know, can I help you? And they either say yes or no, but usually they say yes. And then I help them, I'll call in the light and then have them, you know, go to the light. So, you know, many of these experiences I've detailed in the first book, An Awakened Life, A Journey of Transformation. And I used to belong to mediumship circles and all of those things, but I don't do that now because it happens kind of organically and naturally. And, um, you know, I don't have to force it. So there's all of that. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, I've just always have received messages, Mm. you know, that just come through again, like a download. Um, And sometimes it's appropriate to help people. Sometimes it isn't. But certainly, you know, when I'm working with clients, um, that's a big part of it. But if I'm kind of going around about, you know, during my day, you know, I get a message. And if it's appropriate, I might say something to somebody. If not, I just keep quiet about it. But yeah, see, and all these things, all this kind of psychic phenomenon usually kind of explode or ramp up after you've had a, a spiritual awakening or shift of consciousness. And that was true, certainly true in my case. Absolutely. Why do you think specifically children came to you? Do you think there was something about your aura or just your presence as a spirit to them? Why do you think specifically children came to you? Um, That's a really good question. I I can't honestly answer that. I mean, my background is that, you know, I'm a teacher, you Mm. know, I've been an educator for many years. So to be around children is kind of natural for me. Mm. I know how to communicate with them in a way that is safe, Mm. you know, and I'm not speaking above them, so to speak. We're speaking this kind of as equals. So I think that has something to do with it. Well, I also Um, think that because children came to you, to me, children are really good barometers when it comes to people. They just are. And the fact that they came to you gives so much more validation for what you do because... I don't think they would necessarily come to you. I think people can present themselves as children, you know, yeah. but actual pure children's spirit, that's a thats a big thing right there. Yes. So let me kind of give you a story that I think is, is mm-hmm. really amazing. It still amazes me. So, you know, I live in Nassau, in, yeah. the, in the Bahamas, and for years I worked in a government school, you know, with pretty poor kids. Some of the kids were pretty poor. Right. And, uh, you know, the conditions weren't so great, but... We always had janitors that would come in to sort of sweep the classrooms after, you know, at the end of the day and so on and so forth. And I always made it, uh, it was important for me to build a relationship and to be able to have a conversation and encourage them and all of those things. 
So one day this lady came and we just hit it off and we were chatting and, you know, I'd joke with her and so on and so forth. She was lovely, lovely Bahamian lady. Right. And then one day she came and she was very upset. And I said, you know, Roz, what happened to you? And she said the principal called her in and the principal had threatened to fire her. And she said it's because she'd had some time off because she'd been sick. Oh, no. Um, but she said to me, at the end of the day, though, she said, Julie, I really don't care too much. She can do what she wants because she said, the worst thing has happened to me and nothing can ever touch what happened to me. And I said, oh, dear. She said, yes, my three children died in a fire. Oh, no. So I just stood there. I think a gas cylinder or something had exploded and she'd been out. She was working. So her three children all suffered, you know, and died in the blaze. So I was standing there just agog. I oh, didn't yeah. know what to say to her because... What do you say? Because, yes, well, I think two or three months prior to me meeting her and her telling me that story, I woke up, you know, early one morning and there were three children at the foot of the bed. Oh, and I, oh my God. I said to them, uh, you know, welcome. If you're of God, you're welcome. You know, what are your names? So they gave me their names. And I said, what happened to you? And they said, we died in a fire. Oh, my God. So I said, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Do you want me to help you? And they said, yes. So I said, okay, I'm going to call in the light. But I said, don't worry, the fire won't, you know, even though it looks bright and so on, it won't burn you. It's not hot and it won't burn you oh. and you'll be safe. So anyway, I called in the light, this kind of shaft of light came into the room oh and I prayed and prayed and prayed. And then eventually, they're a bit nervous, but eventually they went into the light, they were pulled up into the light. So the thing that I knew, as soon as this lady was telling me the story yeah. about her three children, I just knew it. Th these were the children that were in my room oh. that I'd helped and had yeah. sent to the light. My gosh. And you know, but what I think is incredible is the fact that when they came to you, you know, think about it. There's no mistakes. There's no coincidences. This was supposed to happen. You were supposed to meet their mother. They came to you. You helped them. Now, let me ask you, though, something, Julie. Do you think spirits do kind of get stuck when there's a tragedy? Or, or what do you think about all that? Yeah, yeah, I do think they get stuck. In fact, I know they do. Okay, yeah. Um, like particularly it, yeah. if you have somebody, for example, who has an, an addiction. Yes. No, to drugs or alcohol or whatever, right. then they get stuck and they don't want to move or they're afraid to move or there's a fear of God or fear of retribution sure. or a fear of them, you know, they haven't lived well or, what, you know, whatever the story is. Oh, right, right. You know, I've certainly worked with souls that would fit into that category. And, you know, it's funny because I've talked to so many different people and different psychics and they all have different perspectives and yours is another different perspective perspective because some people say they don't get stuck. But to me, that's just their perception. It's not wrong. It's just what they perceive. Just like what you perceive, it's not wrong in, in my eyes ever. I mean, there's so many people that disagree, but also agree on other core things. I think it's just your perception. And that may be easily said and explained away, but I really truly believe that's what this is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and look, you know, you can kind of test things out yourself. I mean, we've all been in areas or been around old houses or buildings oh, yeah. or whatever that have this vibe that's creepy, you know, exactly. whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And um, it links to that. It links to these souls that, you know, haven't gone anywhere. 
And, you know, we all have choices. You have the same kind of choices you have in life that you have, you know, when you when you make your transition. Absolutely. You know, there's a reason there's paranormal investigators. There's a reason they find evidence. There's a reason people know to help people cross over into the light or whatever. So I think it's a thing. I do think sometimes spirits just mostly because of tragedy. I don't know. I think most of them go. I, I don't think a lot of spirits hang out. I think most of them go to the light. But I think there's what, a, a, maybe 5% or 2% of them kind of hang out because of whatever, you know? Yes, yes. You know, I, I mean, it's hard to gauge the time around this, but it might be they hang around for a few months or weeks or years even, you oh, know, yeah. to make sure that the ones they leave behind are okay. I mean, like I said, it's hard to gauge, but I think that happens and then eventually they go. Exactly. Now, And they may do it on their own because they've had enough and they just say God help me and God helps them or whatever you just have to ask but then there's these people like you who they come to and they trust and there must be something about you Julie there must be something about you spiritually or just your aura or whatever attracts you to specifically children and I'm sure other people would be attracted to you too but when children come to you that's a very special thing in my mind yes it is and certainly I've seen there's been a lot a lot that have come that um, you know have died tragically or have died and didn't know they passed or whatever the story was right so yeah it's really it's it's incredible yeah you know like i said that's a gift and i love that you got that through yoga which is incredible and it's so funny because my husband who thinks this is a bunch of garbage goop he's actually taking yoga right now <laughs> i know well as soon as as soon as you turned 55 because you just turned 55 he's like i'm gonna go to the senior center and i'm like honey there's gonna be a bunch of 80 year olds he goes i'm just gonna try right because he goes i need to be able to stretch he was all you know he's always trying to stay healthy and all that so he went and he goes you know what there were a lot of older people there but there were a lot of people around my age he goes and nobody made fun of anybody everybody's kind of having a hard time with it too and he said but i feel better my back feels better but you know but the whole reason i, I brought this up is because there's a spiritual side to yoga as you just said, and I'm hoping this might open up his little noggin and maybe make him think twice about some of the things I talk about on my podcast, you know? Yes, yes, yeah. Because, you know, essentially yoga, it means to yoke with God. Mm, so so all of those asanas, those postures are really to help, you know, whoever it is doing it, to allow the mind to become silent and to merge into that silence and to receive from that space. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. And that happens. Yeah, you know, and like I said, I mean, he's taught me more about love and spirituality in a whole different way without being that kind of person than anyone else has. And uh, so he may not believe in it, but I believe that I think his soul does. It's just his analytical mind may not. But tell me how people can get a hold of you if they want a session from you, if they want to buy your books. I want to know everything. Okay, so um, I have a website, which is juliehoyle.org, H-O-Y-L-E, Julie Org. Okay. I'm also on Instagram, Julie Hoyle Official. Okay. I'm on Amazon. I have a YouTube channel, yes. which was until yesterday actually just Julie Hoyle, but I've got I've now prefaced it with Your Story Matters. Yes, okay. With okay. Julia Hoyle, because, you know, I, I, I've been talking to people, largely a lot of authors lately, but there's all kinds of stuff on there. I'm, You know, I share some of my experiences. I talk about, you know, mindfulness. I've been doing author interviews lately. Yes. So, yeah, so there's all of that as well. And, of course, I'm on Facebook. 
So I'm easy to get hold of. Let's put it like that. Absolutely. And I love that you live in the Bahamas. That's got to be so spiritual there. The water around islands, you know, water is such a good conduit for spirit. So I'm sure it's just amazing there. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Mm. Absolutely stunning. And, you know, most people think I just sit on the beach and meditate all day. <laughs> Don't. Do you yoga mat, right? <laughs> well, I tell you, I think you're fantastic. My listeners are going to love your stories. And um, I hope you guys go buy her books and check her out on her website. I'm going to add all this to my show notes. And Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. This has been really great and just wonderful. Thank you so much, Leslie. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.